in the summer of 1999, there was a heat wave in Chicago for days. And in some neighborhoods, including this neighborhood, there was a power outage for days as well. And the reason I know this is because at that time, I was living in the building right next behind our church, what is now the offices of the church. It was an apartment. And it was uh, my wife and I living there with our brand new baby daughter, Emily. And because there was no power and there was no air, we were staying in various houses that summer. And it got towards the end of what we thought was the power outage, and we were at my in-laws. And my wife and daughter decided to stay one more night there, but I came into the city to go see a movie with one of my friends. I figured I'd see the movie and then I'd go back to my house. And we went to a movie. It was by far the scariest movie I've ever seen in a theater. And when the movie ended, there was a very scary ending to me. And so we left the theater and I drove back here hoping that the lights would be on, but they were not. There were no street lights, no buildings were lit up, the church was completely dark. I parked in the parking lot and got out of my car to try to get into our apartment. Now, remember, this is 1999, so I do not even have a cell phone to use a flashlight. I get through the door and go up the stairs to our apartment, and I'm fumbling around just trying to find a candle, hopefully. I eventually find a candle and a light, and I, I light it up, and I was amazed at how quickly the room changed. I've never experienced that complete darkness into light that I had at that moment. One little candle made the whole room light up. So I knew that, of course, because I just saw a scary movie, there's no way I'm sleeping in my bedroom. I need to be in the living room near the windows where the lights hopefully will come on. So I'm gathering all my stuff, and as I'm walking through our apartment, to the right I see someone's in the apartment with a light. The hairs on the back of my neck go up. The, the heart starts pounding. I have that metallic taste you get in your mouth when you're completely afraid. I'm not sure what to do. I turn and I look again, and it was a reflection of me in the mirror with my light. <laughs> totally freaked me out. I was thinking about that story in relation to the passage that Jeannie just led us in, as well as the sermon series that we've been in during Advent. If you've not been with us the last few weeks, we have been reading and talking about what God brings when he came and what he promises to bring when he comes again. So we've looked at topics like justice and peace and hope. And this morning, we're going to talk briefly about the fourth thing he brings, which is light. Light for a dark world that desperately needs it. We're in a time of the year where the days are shortened and darkness comes quickly. We're also at a time of the year where we can be reminded of the darkness of the world and the darkness of our lives. It is Christmas Eve. There's a lot to celebrate, and in the next couple of days, this is joyful and fun and magical. And what we get to do tonight at our Christmas Eve candlelight service is to be reminded that the light of the world, Jesus, has come, that the birth of our Savior so long ago matters, and that's why we can believe that justice and peace and hope and light has come and will come fully for us one day. This is true and very encouraging but even with the hope of this season around us, you can't escape the darkness. There's deep pain and suffering and darkness. Many of you know this way more than I do right now. Many of our lives or the lives of the people that we care for have the weight of darkness all around them. The darkness of health issues that don't seem to get better. The darkness of suffering and pain and sickness that consumes us. 
the darkness of depression that enslaves us, the darkness of anxiety that consumes us, the darkness of loneliness that causes us great pain. Some of us today cry out like the psalmist did in Psalm 88, darkness is my only friend. So what do we do in those times of darkness that we all experience? Where do we go when we feel the darkness all around us? Well, the light for darkness must come from outside ourselves. And we are promised in the passage that we just read together that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness cannot prevail against light. Light is always stronger than darkness. That small candle that I lit in 1999 has nothing compared to the greatness of Jesus as the light that gives us the light we need. In fact, later on in this book of John that we just read this passage from, Jesus says these great words of hope to us. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus is a true light, and he is strong enough to overcome the darkness of our sin, of our pain, of our suffering, and of our world. Darkness cannot have the last word, and I promise you it will not have the last word. There is no peaceful coexistence with light and darkness. The purpose of light is to banish the darkness, and the darkness might not like the light. It might not comprehend the light, but it cannot overcome the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And this light not only shines into our sin and into our brokenness, but also into the brokenness and darkness of our world. In verses 10 and 11 of the passage we just heard, Jesus says he was the life and the light was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. The world was created by the word Jesus, and that world rejected Jesus and did not know him. The people that God had promised through Abraham that he would bless and promise, like we heard in the second lesson today, did not receive him. In fact, later on in this book of John, Jesus says this about the light. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but the people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. The light reveals at times the ugliness of our lives and of our sin. The light makes us uncomfortable at times and might freak us out way more than I was freaked out by the light and the shadow and the reflection I saw so long ago. I don't always like the light because it does reveal my dark soul at times. It reveals the dark places that I try to hide from others. It reveals my selfishness, my anger, my bitterness, and judgmental heart. I don't always like the light, and maybe you don't as well. But this season of Advent and this upcoming season of Christmastide is a time to cling to the promises of God, the promise that he offers us light and peace and justice and hope, and it will come in fullness when Jesus returns again. A promise that God will finish the story of our lives, that he has not given up the promise he offered to us of light and life. I mean, the story of Scripture begins with these words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the passage we're thinking about now begins with these words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is not a coincidence. John is continuing to tell the great story of God. The Bible is one story that we've gotten to see and continue to see in this Lessons and Carols service. The story of how God created the world and it was good, but as our first lesson told us, 
Sin entered into the world and caused brokenness between humanity and God. But God continues to make promises to people like Abraham, and we get a part of that promise as his, the generations after him. The promises of Isaiah that we've already heard, and then the birth of Jesus who came as the light of the world. And I love that in the passage that we just read together from John 1, we hear about this man John, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, who was not the light, but a witness to the light, testifying about the light Jesus. This is what we get to do. Those of you who are followers of Jesus today, you get to be a witness that there is light and it will overcome the darkness. This light that offers salvation and hope and life, not based on anything we do, but based on everything that God does. And I love the promise of hope for all of us in this room today. Whether you would call yourself a Christian or not today, these words of truth in verse 12 is for us all. To all who receive him, talking about Jesus, to all who receive Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the message we not only get to share, but we get to believe we are children of God. Whether this is your first time in church in a while or you go to church every week, you are offered by God to be a child of his. And you are offered by God light in those dark places that are consuming you. You're offered by God light in the loneliness and the pain and the broken relationships you're experiencing right now. There is light in the midst of that darkness. And you're offered light and will not be overtaken by sin. All the dark places in our lives are met with Jesus as the light and as the word who made flesh and dwelt among us. The same God who at the beginning of time created the world and light was the first thing he created is the same God that defeated death and darkness when he died and rose again on the cross. This is the true meaning of this season. This is the true meaning of Advent. This is the true meaning of what we are going to celebrate today and tomorrow. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen and amen.